Amen. All right, we're going to be in First John chapter 5. We'll uh, do our reading, be the last little bit of the, of the chapter. We'll start in verse um, 16. All right. First John chapter 5, verse 16. John says, If any man see his brother's sin, we talked about this last week, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask. And anyway, we're going to pray for that brother when we see that. And he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. And I do not say that he shall pray for it. Verse 17, all unrighteousness is sin. And there is a sin not unto death. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God. And the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. We are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. And then he finishes with, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. We've kind of been now through this whole book, and we've been talking about how John was writing to this church. They're experiencing problems. They had uh, different doctrines come in and ended up splitting people from the church. People left over were left kind of wondering, now are they doing, did they have adequate doctrine? Was their salvation real? Is their doctrine um, firm? Because they had these other ones coming in and bringing up these other issues, and it does, it would raise doubt. These are people that was part of the group, that was part of the family, they thought. So it's going to raise some doubt when that type of thing happens. So John, as a pastor, a previous pastor of this church, writes them and, and gives them a letter about how they can know that they're on the right path. And we've talked about all of these things over the course of these last several months. And he kind of finishes up with a little bit of, of going back over some of these issues. But did you notice the word that kept coming up? We know. We know. We know. We know. And he, he would say, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come. And we know Him that is true. He's reinforcing, saying, you guys know these things. We kind of, over the last couple of weeks, have kind of been going there with, He's saying, you're on the right track. You know these things. You were taught correct in the beginning. Your salvation, if you were doing the things that in your salvation was based on faith and not works, if you believe that Christ is God, if you believe that he was born of a virgin, you believe that he was all man, not spirit, take out those other false teachers. Do you, are, are you able, we'll talk here in a minute, are you able to recognize false teachers? If you can do these things and you know these things, your, your salvation's real. You have no reason to doubt anything. And I think, 
I think each of us, if we're honest in ourselves with our Christian walk, we've we have came to a point at one point or another where we doubted. I mean, it's just natural, I think. Whether it was a similar circumstance to John's, to this church, that a friend of ours maybe was in church and left, and because and they start talking to us about their doctrine, and it starts leading you down the wrong path. or Just for whatever reason, you start doubting. Go back to this book. Because these little first five, this little uh, first John and these five chapters carry so much weight in giving you that that firm foundation in your faith. And as I was reading these last verses, it got me thinking. They say that knowledge um, doubles every 18 months in, in our technologically advanced world, right? Mm-hmm. Used to it was once every century. They would say knowledge doubled back when everything was you know, writing books and stuff. But now, because of technology and the access to information, they say your knowledge changes every 18 months. Now, I've been doing some mind kind of wandering sometimes, and, and I look back on old pictures. Uh, at next week will be one year since we lost my father. And, you know, you get... To different points in your life, you kind of start reminiscing about mom and dad and grandparents that aren't here no more and thinking about those times. And it's like, you know, I wonder what it was like. I I have a picture in my uh, office at home that is a picture of my great-grandfather's homestead out in South Carolina. And I love just, it's a pencil drawing. And I love looking at it, and I just stare at it, and I think, I wonder what it was like to grow up in that house. I wonder what it was like for my grandfather to grow up in that house. No air condition, heat out of a stove. The thing wasn't paint, like paint, you know, it was just, you know, it had a barn, they grew tobacco, never wore shoes, you know. I mean, I had an outhouse, two-seater outhouse, that's still there, which cracks me up. <laughs> you know, I wonder what it was like to live during that time. Well, to some extent, we can't relate, can we? I mean, you just it, it, my grandfather would have grown up, uh, probably born in the twenties or thirties, grow, uh, grown up during World War II, experienced, you know, the tragedy of Pearl Harbor and the tragedy of. Hitler invading all of Europe, and I mean, this was a big deal. They really wondered at that time, is this going to change here even? You know, in Japan, we're taking both sides. We can't relate to that. We just can't. We have 9-11, and we got some other events in our lifetime, but over, we can't, we can't relate to that kind of thing. So it's hard for me to even try to think about what it would have been like. But you know the one thing that I can say I understand? He went to Gum Branch Baptist Church out there. You roll down the road about three-quarter mile and there's Gum Branch Baptist Church. Do you know what I can kind of imagine? I can imagine what the church was like because they were teaching out of the exact same book that we teach out of now. And you know what? Nothing's changed in this book. 
since those times? Nothing. I mean, it's, they, they did the same lessons, made the same connections because the Spirit, these words were put here to teach us something, and they got the same applications that we can have today. So if you want to understand, maybe, if you think, you know, I have no connection with my past. Yeah, you do. If they're Christian, they read the same book. And, and my mind, as I'm watching, as I'm thinking about these things, it really kind of <coughs> makes me, uh, that's cool, I think. That's cool. I mean, you, nothing is the same. This world is totally different. You show an iPhone to somebody from back then, they'd be like, what in the world is that? Show him one of these cars. Show my grandfather one of these cars out here. He'd blow his top. Things made of plastic and a bunch of electronics. That's all it is, you know. Can't work on them, you know. That was, I mean, if you can't work on it yourself, it ain't worth it, you know. That was Grandpa. But if I pull a Bible out and show it to one of them, guess what? We can have a perfect conversation with what's in Scripture. And John's telling these people, you know, you know these things. You have this connection. And this is within a few decades of the crucifixion. In Christ's resurrection, it's not that far out. We're 2,000 years out. And it's the same book. It's the same letter. I just find that just phenomenal. We talked about the sin unto death last week, um, and you know the, the fact that, uh, in my interpretation, and I, and I think we're accurate on this, is that you know that's a Christian who sins and reaches a point where God takes him home. This book is written to Christians; it's not written to non-Christians. At least John's book, right? So that's the only. Uh, thing I can take when John's talking to them about the sin unto death. And you're to reach a point to where the brethren's not even to pray for you if you're getting to that point. So, you know, be careful there, obviously. And then we get to verse 17, and John says, All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. And this, He's mentioning this right after he talks about the sin unto death. And I think... I see kind of what he's doing because there could be a Christian go, well, whew, I don't have to worry about that. I mean, I, I sin once in a while. Everybody sins, right? But, uh, yeah, I'm not to that point to where I'm concerned about it being a sin unto death. Um, so that didn't apply to me. And he's saying, well, now, wait a second. <laughs> There's also a sin not unto death and all unrighteousness is sin. Everything. Then he says in verse 18, We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Well, now he kind of mentioned that early on in his letter too. Remember when he said uh, uh, something very similar? Somebody who's born Christians don't sin. And you know, we talked about that. He didn't mean that they never sin, right? I mean, do you understand that? Even though the, the terminology says they sinneth not, it's the same uh, thought process when we talked about abiding in Christ, abiding in God. It's not a one-time event. It's a continual 
event of abiding in Christ and living that, that righteous lifestyle. It's the same thought here. When he says, whosoever is born of God sinneth not, he's saying it's a continual lifestyle of sin. If you're a Christian and you're living in a continual lifestyle of sin and debauchery and, and just bad you gotta you gotta I'm not saying you're not saved. That's not for me to decide. You're one of you're one of either two places, right? You're either not saved or you're saved and you're reaching a point to where that sin unto death might come in. Mm-hmm. Right? Either one of those really isn't a place I want to be. Right? Yeah. You know when I think of this, I, I think of uh, people I've known in my past, maybe myself in my uh, younger days, I think there are people who, who sin. There's probably some people in here who in this last week have done a thing or two wrong. But there's people that live to sin. Mm-hmm. They, they live to sin and then they, they, li- they go to work so they can get off work and go sin. And while they're at work, they talk about their sins yesterday. And in the afternoon, they talk about the sins they're going to go do today. And they're, they're, I, I, that's what I think of when I think of something mm-hmm. like this. I think of people who yep. who sin occasionally, maybe more occasionally than they wish they would. And then there's people who live to sin, yep. brag about it, mm-hmm. boast about it, live for it, can't wait to do it again. No, I think you're uh, right on there. And they don't perceive it as sin, really. Yeah, if if they're not saved, they probably don't. Yeah. If they're saved, then they're reaching a point to where their heart's so hardened in it that mm-hmm. that uh, that they're not going to be able to recover from that, and they're reaching a point to where God's just going to say, "You know, I'm just going to call you home because you're serving no purpose for me anymore." I think you know I would be more concerned with the fact that they're not truly saved. Um, than just, you know, sin unto death, you're a Christian, I'm just going to call you home. Um, yeah, when you live a lifestyle of sin, well, what's he say in verse um, 19? And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. The world's wicked. I mean, and if you're out there every day as a part of the world and don't feel different than the world... You should. You should feel different than the rest of the world. Um, then there's probably a concern. If you don't feel different, you know, that's why our, you know, we talked about it several times in different lessons. But when I mean, pastor preaches about it often, um, but that doctrine of separation is so kind of foundational um, for us because we believe that you know we are set apart. We're to be different. If you're not different or unique, then there's probably a concern. You fit in a little too well. It's like he said, you know, he he was always concerned if his kid went to school and was the popular one. (laughs) That's where I'm probably going to start getting concerned at. Did you have a comment? I remember when I was nursing, I'd be out doing with the patients and then come up to the chart desk. And if they were sitting, and especially the doctors too, if they were sitting there telling jokes, I'd hear somebody said, Mom, it's coming. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a good sign. That's a good. Yeah. No, that too. And I've had people do so. They come in my office at work. More now than they used to. Um, at the PD, I, I, I say often that kind of a wicked place. But um, now where I'm at, they kind of know. I think they know me, and, and they'll come in and they'll talk. And every once in a while, somebody will let something go. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Somebody asked me one time, "Does that bother you?" And I said, "I really appreciate it." Yeah. 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 You should. You know, do, do you get invited to the parties? No. Yeah, I don't get invited Thank to that you. stuff. Yeah. A guy, a woman at the uh, place where I live, I tell her to watch your darn mouth when she uses the word GD. Oh, yeah, yeah. She says she says that and stuff. Mm-hmm. That just makes me, upsets me when yep. she does that. So, I mean, we should be up, different. I speak up and tell her, too. Well, there's, yeah. Do it. You know, we do that in a loving way because we don't want our testimony to be ruined or, 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 but, but yeah. People get puffy about it, though. Well, yeah. What's wrong with people that are huffy? Head nurse, when she passed away, they had her memorial out at the uh, casino. And I had three or four people call and say, you want to go with me? And I said, no. No. That's Judy. And I said, I can't help who it is. I'm not going to the casino, so. Yeah, I can't, you know, I've mentioned it several times. I've been faced with that so many times. It's all, it's kind of becoming (laughs) almost kind of a funny thing, really. I'm not going to the, you know. Uh, So it just is what it is. But, yeah, we should be different. This world is wicked. If you're not doing what they are doing, but you're in there where they are, that's a bad deal. Well, I think it's bad. I think, you know, and I've had advice here back in the day that somebody told me, because I asked, you know, should I go to this place? I knew there was going to be alcohol there. And they said, well, just take a bottle of water with you. And, you know, that would have been okay. But I felt like, no, I needed to be a little stronger than that. So, I mean, it's up to you. Um, I think there's there's ways to kind of walk the line, cause you, but you want to be a testimony one way or the other. But I was always concerned not with what I'm good knowing, but I didn't know what somebody else would think if they saw me there, not knowing what I put in place. to. So that was always my concern. So. I wrote this down. The Bible teaches that my relationship with Christ is so strong that nothing can break it. Isn't that true? I mean, once saved, you're sealed. You're sealed. But fellowship with Him is so fragile that the slightest sin shatters it. Now, you aren't going to lose your salvation, but can you lose fellowship? Yeah. Yeah, you can start to feel distant from Him. Are you going to lose the uh, fellowship with the Spirit? And does, is He going to kind of stop kind of talking to you? And look at that clock. Wow. Anybody faith? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I bet it's uh, correcting itself. It's uh, some of those clocks have a. Thing in them now. Anyway. Spring forward, you thought it just went like. Yeah, no, it's like big time, huh? But anyway, 
<laughs> Where was I? <laughs> Fellowship with the Spirit. Fellowship with the Spirit. I mean, if he stops talking to you and you stop feeling that guilt when something that's a dangerous spot to be that we should constantly uh, be praying repenting of our sins so that we can be refilled with the spirit when you become saved your the spirit dwells within you and he's not going to leave okay but his impact on your life might uh, dwindle so you 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 pray to be filled with the spirit so that he he'll talk to you more and you'll get more out of your bible reading when you pray uh, you'll be more cognizant of praying those things that you think are within the will of god not just within your will those are all uh, things that we need to keep in mind Uh, and then we get to verse 19. This is, and we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding. And we know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. We know these things. You know them. If you're saved, you know these things. From that moment, Whatever age you were, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. From that moment, the Holy Spirit talked to you and convicted you to repent and with uh, through faith accept Christ. You know these things. You accepted it. And we're sealed at that point. And now the Spirit's using you and He talks to you when you read. He talks to you through teaching. He talks to you through sermons. He talks to you through music. He talks to you and He continues to convict you and and get that relationship built you know these things utilize that to like i said earlier recognize false teachings don't get caught up in that stuff and and it's hard nowadays it's hard i love reading and i love listening to preaching and it can be hard to monitor and read the right stuff it really can there's a lot of information out there. But not, not all of it's good for you. And I sometimes will challenge myself and I'll read something that I, that I want to use, that I want to understand the other side's point sometimes, just as an apologetics kind of thing. But you got to be careful there. Because if you're not careful you'll start getting bought into that kind of stuff. You're like, uh-oh, that makes sense to me. And yeah, then you're going down a, a bad place. So when you, and I'm not saying doing, reading that is bad, but you need to be in a good place with your spiritual life for you to take that step to be able to do those things. A new Christian, I wouldn't recommend that at all, right? They're not mature enough. They're not ready for that meat. They're still in the milk stage, right? Isn't that what Scripture tells us? We know these things. Count on these things. John talks about these all the way through these five chapters. The deity of God. He wasn't just man. He wasn't just spirit. He was 100% man. 100% God. And if you don't recognize those things together, then you don't, you're not saved. 
You got to be able to admit those things. And I, yeah, I find it intriguing how he ends this the the whole book. Kind of, almost kind of. It seems like a random thought, doesn't it? It does. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. I, you know, and and I'll, I'll, some of the commentaries even suggest that it, um, that it might not have been John to put that there. No, I think it was John to put it there, but it it does seem a little. Uh, random but when you stop to think about it I mean we don't we're, we know we're, we're all mature believers in here it's not just when he says idol it's not just that you have a Buddha statue in your home that's not what we're talking about right Marla I guess one time did right didn't you have that Buddha you told me that story Right. Yeah. We had some uh, friends go to Jamaica on a cruise and buy us something one time, and we we got it back. I didn't know what it was, so we didn't keep it. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this thing is. I don't. I don't want to take some chance. It looked kind of funky to me, so I was like, okay, thank you so much. And <laughs> yeah. 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 Buddy, <laughs> I've been asked to join. Uh, what is the uh, Masons? Yeah, been asked by a few folks to do that over the years. I'm like, no, uh-uh. no. It's actually in our in our doctrinal statement that you, uh, you won't be a part of any secret societies, which that would be one. But um, yeah, idols is anything that draws your attention away from God. Mm-hmm. Anything. Anything that draws your attention away from God. Seems the humanist mindset is self idolatry. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically setting yourself up as God. So. Every you know nowadays it's that, and uh, I would say the environmental movements and the self movements are the two biggest kind of. Which, which atheism is self worship. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to do what makes whatever makes you happy. You have you ever heard this? You do you, man. That's kind of a new statement that's come out, like, huh? You do you, you. You do you. Follow your heart. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. Well, I heard that advice so many times down to PD yeah. from, that's the you. huh? That's the you, you movement. You you just do. You're uh, you're worshiping yourself in the sense that you just. Do whatever makes you happy. Uh, it doesn't. It, nobody else is impacted. It's just what matters to you. So if you want to identify as a cat, <laughs> I, this is real stuff. Identify as a cat, but whatever makes you happy. If, huh? Yeah, it's idolatry. It is. It, you know, it's it's just. <laughs> Tragic. It's ridiculous. Um, well, and that's the thing is, it's not just they don't stop at I want to do this, but now you have to accept it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, I don't have to accept it. 
I mean, everybody's kind of responsible to some extent for their own actions, but let's go back to the period of the judges, right? What got them in so much trouble during that time? They were doing what was right, what? In their own eyes. And I think, I believe we're getting to that point again in the society. We're at that point to where we're doing what's right in everybody else's eyes, and as a society, we don't look toward God to be directed. And I think our government and everything, we're going down that path. We're going, I mean, that is, yeah, um, we're studying judges and uh, FBI. That's, that's what we're talking about quite a bit right now. And it's just, that's the time period we're in. Um, you know, it just, it just, that, and the environmental stuff's just the same way. You know, you can't, you name it. I mean, animals, and they're more important. You get, <laughs> Get me started. I got more complaints and lost friends. I lost friends in this town because of a, a specific incident where I'd been friends with this uh, lady for 15 years. And her dog got attacked by another dog and caused a big stink. And I didn't take a strong enough stance I guess and she quit calling quit talking she was mad it was her dog people get so upset over animals nowadays and yet you know we abort babies like it's nothing right um, animals and I love animals I love my dogs I've been out I love I love animals I love goats <laughs> but I love my dogs. Uh, Cindy, poor Cindy, she sent me a picture the other day at work. We got that new puppy that I bought. When was that? Last year, I guess. That thing is ornery. It ate a big chunk out of her Bible. I was like, I'd be upset too. I really, I, that that would upset me. Yeah, we call we call her Judas now. No, we don't. But it's just I'm for just beating the dog, you know, beat it senseless, you know. There's some folks if you were to put that on Facebook or something, they number one they probably kick you off Facebook. I will say my dog has its own insurance policy, but I'm an insurance agent and I have a dog, so that's a bad combination. Um, you know, just be careful what you lift up as an idol. And I think our society now, there's so many areas that you can get caught up into. Self, the environment, all of these areas are just, yeah, you just watch news and, you know, and I used to love sports. I love sports. Football. I went through a period of my life where we weren't going to church, and I had Sundays was my sports day. Was that a was that at that time that was an idol that was keeping me from keeping me from God during that time? And I, since we faithfully been coming out here, I, I bet I haven't even watched a full NFL football game, and I don't long for it even anymore. Right. Um, that's what DVR's for. 
But, I mean, just be careful. And I think John just kind of finishes his letter up with the last minute. You know, these folks that were coming in and said they were Christian, they were led away very easily. He's saying, don't get led away. Don't get led away. You know what you, what you are. You know what you need to be doing. You know what you believe. Now stick with it and don't let something come between you and that truth. Right? Don't do it. And the last thing I'll mention, and then we'll call it good for John's. I actually, actually typed up a little handout for you to put in your Bibles. Because I thought, you know what? We've been talking about assurance. And I actually got this from our FBI manual, so I stole it from uh, John Yates. I don't think he'd mind. I don't think he'd mind at all. But here's a list of 20 questions on assurance of salvation. So when you get to that point to where doubt may come in, and listen folks, I think it sneaks in at the maturest Christian sometime. I think it can sneak in. Maybe this is something you keep in your Bible and you pull out. And you go down this list and you start looking, is my faith built on these things? And it even has uh, reference verses in First John that will lead you back to what we studied. And I just feel like um, this will help you get back to where you need to be maybe. You know, there's no reason. I think I started, I'm trying to remember what the actual quote was, and I can't recall it, but when we first started this book, I remember reading a quote, something about a, a Christian who lacks assurance. Is like, you know, their, their, their value is minimal. I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not you're lacking your uh, lacking assurance, so you're not going to get the blessings that that are are uh, that God promises you. You're not going to be sharing your faith with anybody. I mean, it's just kind of you're neutral. You're not going anywhere. Um, so you know, if we get to that point where you start doubting, get that fixed with God quickly. Get that fixed with God. Whether you take this list and you. Uh, Go back through First John. It's a short book. You can read it in a very short time. You pray over it or you get in here and talk to somebody about that and get right um, so that you can get past that doubt stage and get right back to serving. Get right back to serving. All right. Well, we finished in First John. We're going to start Second John um, next week or the next time we get together. Uh, I don't anticipate 2nd and 3rd John will take too long. They're pretty short little books. And then uh, still starting to prepare for Revelation. So um, going to be interesting by the time, probably late summer. Summer, we'll get into Revelation and park there for a while. But I think uh, we've got some good material. That's going to be a, a good study. So. Anybody else got last minute? The darn things we're living in nowadays. We're, we're, I think it's going to be interesting for us to get into there and, and see some things. Yep. Mark of the beast. Mark of the beast. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to that yeah, point. Know, yep. That but it's interesting. It is interesting. Anybody else? 
All right, let's have a word of prayer, and we'll go ready to go down to services. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for the time we've had. Thank you for this study in, in uh, First John that we've had over the last many months. Uh, it's been a blessing for me to be able to kind of study this book out and uh, get the richness and, and the truths uh, that are in this book. And just to be able to, you know, I, I believe I said it a week or so ago that, you know, many times we we sit un, under teachings from your word or we sit under wonderful preaching of your word and in that specific moment on that specific day maybe it doesn't apply to us but we need to know where we can access it when that day comes that it does apply to us and i think as we t talked about earlier uh doubt or lack of assurance on our salvation i think it's just you know because we're human and we live in a wicked world i think it can come up even in the maturest christian now we know through this study and, and, and just kind of now we have some notes and where we can go when that comes up, what we need to be looking at to, to, to gain the faith that our salvation was real, our relationship with you is real. We just need to maybe do a little bit correction in our fellowship with you and get that get the Holy Spirit filled back in our lives and, and become... Um, just get back on the horse and, and keep going, doing what you've called us to do until you call us home. And as we get ready to go down to worship services, we pray that, uh, that the Holy Spirit would be present and uh, that we would, uh, again, get something that we can take either to use today or to uh, utilize at a moment in time when we need it then. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. See ya. Uh, Next week, hopefully.